You got your phone. What's on it? Uh, I wanted to talk about wholesale. I didn't want to. It is a hot topic. Oh, you don't want to? I mean, you don't have to be here. <laughs> That's fine. We've got Mark here because you are, besides from being the uh, director of coffee. Yeah, you oversee the partner program as well. Yeah. Uh, so we had a guest write in asking about what we do to kind of maintain our wholesale program, what we do to maintain our relationships with our partners, what have been some positives and negatives, challenges. So I thought it'd be fun to get you on to talk about those things since you are in charge of it. Yeah, totally. Wow. Broad, broad cue card. Yeah, broad start. <laughs> no, I like it though. It's good. I, I think it touches on kind of the core of what makes the way we run, like we call it, first off, we call our wholesale program, the partner program, because we view the businesses that we work with as our partners, you know, we're in it with them. We want to do everything that we can to support them and not just be their coffee roasting partner. You know, it's, it's really, it would be easy just to be the transactional, like, Hey, here's your coffee. Thanks so much. And go from there. But at the core of our program is sharing. Like we really want to be able to like share information and knowledge that we've learned through our journey of, you know, going from one cafe with a roaster in a garage carport to, you know, four cafes across a county and standalone roastery and, you know, expanding the roasting capacity and all that. And yeah, just being able to share from the experiences that we have and then also figure out like what the true needs of other businesses are. And I think that's something that can be challenging to get to, but those are the, you know, some of the most amazing conversations that you end up having is like figuring out what the core of the challenge is and, what we can do to support. And sometimes it's just talking it out. You know, that's the thing. I think business owners in general can be afraid of talking about the challenges that present to them, but we really want to be able to be there for those businesses in those moments. And, you know, not everyone's going to share those things with us, but. How much do you extend yourself for those partners? Like how much do you go out of your way for them? Like, where's the line to where it's like, I'm going to do this because I'm fostering our relationship versus, uh, I'm, that's outside the scope of what you can ask. That's an interesting question. Um, I think as long as you're transparent, there's no problem with saying no. You know, you, sh you shouldn't commit to things that you're not capable of doing or things that don't actually work out. But I think having an alternative solution or being able to creatively problem solve is something that we're good at. Um, I, I wouldn't say I necessarily ever overextend myself. Like if I get a, you know, text or call from someone on a weekend, for example, you know, that, that doesn't bug me on a personal level. I don't have a problem. Like usually our, our roastery does maintenance on the weekends and does a little bit of like larger volume blend par roasting, but we're not sending any orders out. So I know we'll be yeah. able to remedy that on Monday if it's a, like a error with an order or a, you know, a shipping snafu or something like that. So getting communication like that and just logging it for the week that's coming up isn't challenging. Um, yeah, and if I I'm, can't really think of something off the top of my head where someone asked me something where it's just like, we cannot do that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it doesn't really come up. I think most people have a pretty reasonable range of what they're, what they're putting out there. And, yeah. Have you ever had, I mean, have you ever had, and you got something? No, this is great. Oh. No, I'm just enjoying myself. Great. Have you ever had something where... You were the, that has happened where you're like, oh, they're asking for a lot here. Um, not really. I, if anything, I almost think we tend to go and not not trying to like, you know, hype us up or anything, Please but I think do. we try to go above and beyond in the problem solving that we offer. You know, like if there's a shipping delay 
with UPS or something like that, you know, will overnight you what you need to make sure you don't run out of coffee, you know? And I think that's something that a lot of businesses would be like, Oh, well, we can't control that. It's out of our hands. That's not our problem. But at, I think we just have a deeper understanding from operating the cafes that we have and seeing the challenges that go through there. But knowing that like your cafe should never run out of coffee, you know, we're going to make sure our wholesale partners don't run out of coffee. I also feel like there's never any time. So, okay. If we're talking about people who are already partnered with us, even if they've only been partnered with us for a short amount of time, we have some sort of a relationship with them. You know, they feel connected to you or Gene. They feel, and through that, they feel connected to the company. And in that sphere, there's almost no big, weird, unreasonable ask. Because what would someone ask that you're just like, no, no, you know? Um, on the flip side, if someone's new or not yet a partner, some of the things that we might have to say no to theoretically would be, oh, I really want to use your coffee and I'm going to need $100,000 of free equipment because the other roaster is going to give me five free espresso machines and two grinders and there's some things that we just financially can't do. But that's not really a service thing. You know, like that's just a limitation due to the size of our business and even if that was the case, we'd try to like, well, let's see what we can figure out is always the attitude. But from a service-based perspective... I can't think of a time when we've been asked to do something that just was like, nope, I'm going to have to pass on that. Another interesting kind of, I don't know, bouncing off that, an area of kind of similar question that is asked that I think we do need to say no to or have a bigger conversation about is if someone asks us about like private labeling or something like that, that's a request that we get relatively frequently. And, you know, for us, we're... We stand by our brand and we love our brand, but we're also not opposed to doing things like that. But it needs to be a really proper alignment and partnership. So if someone approaches us and is like, out the gate, I need, you know, full range of single origins, private labeled for our brand. The conversation is like, okay, well, that that's a challenge for us from this perspective. You know, we don't know what the volume is going to be. We need to be able to source labels, like all those little aspects that go into it. But the main thing is like, we're not opposed to these things if we have a relationship and it's something we build towards, you know? Yeah. It's like, A, you make sure that like our product and our partnership is what you're looking for in the long run. But it's also something that like, we want to continue forward with. And there's some form of alignment between what you all are doing and we feel good about being the supplier for representing your brand. Right. And Minotti's would be like a prime example for that, yeah. where it's they have a strong brand in their own right. And they also really love what we do and want to be a part of that. And there are, for people who just want coffee private labeled randomly and have no connection to the culture that we have here, they're, they're better options than us. You know, people could get more generic coffee, much more cheap and probably easier because we're not set up to be a private label company, even though we do do some of it, like Mark just said. This, this is a cool conversation because I'm kind of thinking of things. Oh, what, what are things that pop up? So another thing that pops up where you would have to have certain conversations is if a partner wanted to open up in the backyard of another partner. So let's say there's someone that we've had a relationship with that they're in X neighborhood and someone wants to open up, you know, right across the street or down the block or, you know, whatever the proximity 
maybe that's something that we need to have a conversation about before we can just say like yeah totally no problem because we want to honor the people who have been partnered with us for however long they've been partnered with us and Exactly. And yeah, and something like that is that's where having the relationship built with someone is huge because you have the comfort of having this conversation with them, you know, and it, mm. it is more of a conversation, you know, a prime example of this is uh, Wayward Coffee in Dallas, Texas. They just opened up their second location this past year, crushing it. One of our longest standing wholesale partners going from being a pop up out of a VW bus to, you know, now having two cafes and over the years, we've gotten there in the Dallas area, and we've gotten you know a good amount of inquiries from them. And over the years of working with them, we're at a point where we we now know they're generally cool with someone in their neighborhood serving our coffee. You know, they from having those conversations, we've been able to establish the rapport of like, yeah, we like seeing things in our community, and having more good coffee in our area is great. Um, there's a, a bread shop, I think Oak Cliff Bread Shop, that's going to be opening up, that's going to be serving our coffee in their area as well. And even though we have that relationship with them, we still check in and just let them know, right. you know, because we want to give them the opportunity and respect and honor that relationship that we've built with them. It's nice to be able to have those conversations in a way that's not awkward because you've built the relationship. Exactly. You don't have to tiptoe around it. You can just talk to them like you're talking to your friend and it's not a big deal. Yeah. And there's no right or wrong answer to what a partner would say because some people see it different ways for different reasons and that's totally fine too i saw you in your question bank again i thought one was coming oh i, I thought you yeah. were gonna throw a heater at us nah not a heater it's you look like you were re warming up. up dude you're winding up i was i was hoping oh. you guys would like cover the gap a little bit more well, i thought i was i was no, winding I down because i thought you were I gonna saw, come up oh i, I was too. realizing sorry yeah it's okay yeah i could have kept okay i can talk forever man um is there anything we do to try and find new people or is it like from my experience, it's the partner program has been fairly organic. Yeah, we're we're very inbound for the most part. You know, I, I think especially in our early days, many people connected with this podcast, which is awesome. To this day, I still get inquiries saying Chris Baca's YouTube videos and channel. You know, they, you taught him, you taught them to steam milk or something like that, and just the way you communicated that information really resonated with people. So we still see things coming our way from that. Uh, we do get referrals from existing partners that we have. Um, the really the biggest times that we'll actively try to seek. Something someone out is if we have a really like we hear from someone on our team or we get some a word or we have an experience somewhere that's just like this really resonates with what we do and how we do it and we're excited about partnering with them you know and that's also not to say that um doing more outbound stuff isn't something that's you know on the docket or something we want to work towards but we have been incredibly fortunate to have many people that are seeking us out for our product and and again, I think that's where just being able to continue to feed into the relationships that you have, you know, and communicating just how much we do for our partners or, you know, actively work towards doing um, is the key. Yeah. Have you done any outward like looking or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like there's shops that I've had great experiences to and then I've put together a little sample pack and wrote a little letter to and just sent something to. And honestly, the like success rate on those is low but even still it's nice to just let someone know like hey i had a great experience like whether you want to have our coffee or not like we appreciate what you're doing we hope you enjoy this tasty coffee because uh, chris i want to kind of get your opinion on this because yeah. i know you have thoughts how much of it comes down to how you market yourself and how much of it is just staying true to who you are and continuing through on that through line of this is who we are we're just going to do that and whoever resonates with us. It's all about fit. So 
part of it is you, but there's some power in realizing that a lot of it is out of your hands. So at one point in time, I was the head of business development for another coffee company, and I ran the wholesale program, had a few people that worked on the team with me. So my job was to kind of manage the sales team. So there were three people on that team. And we were expanding into the LA market. And we had a little outpost in LA next to a really awesome restaurant. And a couple of the people on our team knew the chef who worked at the restaurant. There were some shared uh, investor relationships happening. So I was dispatched to bring this restaurant on board. And I got connected with the chef in some capacity. And within five minutes of talking to the chef, it became apparent to me that they had no interest in doing business with us because he had a really strong relationship with Stumptown down there who had a cafe right next to the restaurant. That was where he got his coffee. He knew the people there and he felt really connected to Stumptown and he genuinely loved their product. It wasn't, um, it was partially convenience, partially culture, but also partially, I just really like this coffee. It's my restaurant. I want to serve stuff that I like. And we had a meeting, you know, and he entertained me. And, you know, I was like, like okay, cool. This isn't going to work out. No big deal. So went my own way. But the people on my side of the fence didn't want to let it go. They're like, no, no, we must have done something wrong. We need to, we need to get this account. We're going to get this account. And kind of tried to force it because when you're a chef okay so the chef has a restaurant but most restaurants have investors so one of the investors in this restaurant was also an investor in this other company that we work for so that was where there was some sort of politicking that someone thought they could cash in on so we set up another meeting with this person a cupping and i'm in there leading this cupping and it was just this really awkward feeling because We'd already been through this once, and for the second time, now I feel like an asshole. And it's clear that this time, the chef is just entertaining us because his investor is probably like, just fucking talk to these guys, and then we'll make it go away. you know. And in that moment, well, besides feeling like a complete asshole, because I don't like to waste people's time when I know it's, it's not for anybody's benefit because they yeah. already have someone they're completely happy with, I knew that it didn't matter what our brand culture was like. It didn't matter what our marketing looked like. It didn't matter how many videos we made or barista competitions we won or any of that stuff. None of that stuff mattered because he actually had a better fit for his restaurant already. So in that sense, it's, yeah, you want to be true to yourself and you want to find partners who resonate with what you do. You also have to recognize when someone's already already done that. So to answer your question, I mean... Discovery is a big thing. So if you have something that you believe and you might be a really good fit for someone, like we're a great fit for our partners, there's no way that anybody's going to know that if you're not sharing the things that you're really passionate about, if no one can find out any information about you. So that's partially what this podcast does. That's partially what the videos that you guys create do. They're reflections of our brand. They're not separate from it. They give an insight to, okay, this is what it's like at Cat and Cloud. This is the culture of their company. This is what they believe. And for people who believe the same thing, that's a great fit. But for people who don't, there's no amount of cold calling or annoying or just bugging that can that can bring people over to that side. And I think that's why you've experienced that 
the return on something like a cold call or even a soft reach out is generally pretty low. Whereas when people come to us and they're looking for exactly what we have, we're, we're capable of delighting them to no end. And we don't have to do anything that's outside of the box of what our initial promise is. You know, we, like we have a very specific promise and we can deliver on that promise. So it's, it's more about brand fit. Yes, the marketing and the storytelling is important, but the brand fit is, is the most important, that cultural values fit. It's really a relationship. Like it's that I mean it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or it's, yeah. And it's but it's entertaining that conversation, you know, because it's the only way you or at least, you know, like that example of that place in LA, the restaurant in LA. Like that chef knew going into that meeting probably that Yeah, he knew that was, that was gonna be the case. He sure. knew for sure. Mm-hmm. But you still have the conversation and it's it's the same thing for us, like kind of flipping the switch on the fit. It's like I think we've talked to you know people that have reached out to us that were like, oh, we didn't reach out to you because we don't have any specialty experience or we don't have this setup of equipment, and you know we've heard this from other roasters, and it's just like, okay, well that's that's not how we run things. Right. You know, we want to be able to like pass along the tools. Have you know has there been the occasional like place that's zero experience and incredibly far away from us, and you know small enough volume that there isn't you know we don't we can't travel to them to support or something like that, where we'll try to point them in the right direction. But at the same time, if we are able to pass along the knowledge that we have you know the skill sets like any of that stuff whether it's how to make an espresso to how to run concierge station like we we are stoked to do that that's something that's exciting so and i agree with you in that sense to where you always want to take the meeting or take the introduction no matter what and the biggest reason i felt like a goofball in the story that i told was that i did i did take the meeting and i had a great experience even though i knew that they weren't going to come on board and once i knew that i was like okay cool worst case scenario i met somebody new and i allowed for the possibility of magic because there's always that chance no matter how low that you're going to meet someone that's like i had no idea what the hell you guys were about this is awesome i love this shit let's do something together you know that's always a possibility but i felt like a goofball because i had to take the meeting a second time when it was really clear what was going on that this wasn't going to be a good fit for either of us and then it was kind of forced the hand it's like we're getting this and i'm like okay all right cool but yeah, like allowing for that, the possibility of magic is all, is always a good thing. You don't want to turn anybody down. There's And then, you know, not just because you get to meet someone who's cool and interesting. Like the chef's restaurant is awesome. It's a general, it's a, it's a great place to be. And the dude's an interesting character. So that's, that's the personal part of it. But then from a business perspective, you want to look at it strictly from a strategy point of view. It's like, well... Chefs have friends that are chefs. Other chefs have coffee needs in their restaurants. So even if it's not a great fit, it's worth having the convo for to where it's like, oh, you know, this isn't going to work for me, but you might want to check out my friend Tim's hot chicken restaurant. Hint, hint. It's a good place to be. What, um, how do you, how do you set up the partners to be, what's the word I'm looking for? How do you make sure the partners have the best experience with our, with our coffee? What are some things we do to make sure that they are getting the most out of what yeah, we have to offer? It's conversations, you know, cause you have the spectrum of just, like I said, you have people that are launching an espresso cart, you know, maybe they've been a home barista and they care about that, but they're switching into some form of higher volume based production. Yeah. So it's having the conversation about 
staying dialed in, you know, in a rush and little things like that. And then you're working with shops that have tons of experience in serving coffee and maybe they're switching to, you know, and it's like, I, I could give them recipes, pointers all day, but at the end of the day, they know what they're doing and you got to trust that experience and also know that the product is going to stand up like that. And that's one thing that I think is at the core of this is like the coffee is going to speak for itself, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I've stepped into a lot of, I, on my first ever partner program trip, I stepped into a cafe and was served a shot of the answer and I was tasting it. And I was like, this is different than I've ever tasted this. I do not know what's up with it. Something's different than how we prepared in our cafes for sure. It's not, it's not bad. It's, you know, it's just different. And I got behind the bar and they were serving 12 second proper single shots, you know, like they were pulling it like very old school. And I was like, Oh, that's different. You know, and this was early in our partner program days where I think we were still dialing in a lot of the sharing of information, but that in and of itself is also a great opportunity for learning from us about what we need to send and the due diligence we need to do when we're working with places to give them the best tools for using the best product or getting the best out of the, out of the coffee. I've been with you a few times when you've gone places and seen how you work with people, but you just went recently to Circle Coffee. Mm -hmm. um, what sort of things did you do there? Because I know you guys were, you met with most of their team. Yeah. Like what? Like what sort of things happen on a, on a on a trip like that? Totally, yeah. Circle was what kind of information exchange happens? Yeah, Circle's a great example of um, like David and his wife Jackie acquired a coffee cart under the moniker Circle Coffee, you know, and they were doing events with it and going it there, and they had both been really big fans and like active supporters of the specialty community and cafe scene, you know, mm -hmm. love the experience of going to a coffee shop and hanging out, catching the vibe, having some good brew, and then translating that into what they were doing. So leading up to going from cart to opening their brick and mortar shop where we just visited, they were asking tons of questions about bar flow, dialing in, having multiple grinders, like all of these nitty gritty things. And then to be able to go there in person and see how they translated it, it, it was great. If I'm being totally honest, we didn't have, like watching their bar flow and how it operated, they had adapted what we had told them to suit the needs of their cafe. Mm -hmm. So that's the other thing. It's like, we can tell someone so much, but the reality is unless you're cafe in our backyard, we're not able to be in your space every single day. Yeah. So some of the best things you can do is get the reps in and get the experience, you know, and David and his team clearly took the information we had, but then built a system that worked for them with their bar flow. Yeah. And there's, it's not so much of a, you take this step, then this step, then this step. <clears throat> And then you have a cafe. Yeah, it's, it's more of the con having the conceptual understanding of what you need to do and then being able to adapt your space, your equipment. Yeah. You know, they have, a, uh, they have the ground control brewer. So for their ice drinks, they do batch espresso and have it on tap. So they're dosing out for ice lattes. They're dosing out batch made espresso and serving it there. So they have like, they have like a hot side and a cold side on their espresso bar, essentially, you mm -hmm. know, that's very different from how we do it. Um, but they have that equipment and they've dialed in the recipes and I tasted it and it's delicious, you know? So it's, there's what they're doing that's working for them. And then there's what we do and it doesn't have to be a carbon copy for it to work. I think that's one of the important things to understand is being able to have that bigger picture and then dial in the details to your space. What sort of challenges have you come up against? The 12 second shot was a big one that stuck, stuck with me, you know? Why, why is that? Because it, even though it wasn't awful, it could be a lot better, you know? And then it's 
teaching them the tools of like, hey, this is how our we roast our coffee and have designed our recipes to, for it to be prepared this way, you know, using this input of coffee, this output, and in this time frame. And they just didn't know, you know. So there it's a challenge in just making sure you're not going in and just roasting them because that's not the intent, you know. At the end of the day, they are a business that has been operating, whether they're serving 12-second shots or, you know, shots that were within our recipe range. People are going through and supporting them. So, you know, part of it is being like, hey, like, it's this is what the experience that we're looking to offer is with it. You know, this is like the our optimized version of it. This is the workflow. These are the tools you need to keep it there. And usually it's received very well. What sort of struggles have you come up against internally as more I'm wondering internally like, like I don't know if I know what you mean like exactly. my boss is an asshole my boss wants me to get this account <laughs> but they he's like stumped down. Me so hard no Wait, it's I, just like what do you so I know Gene was saying Gene who's your partner who's the partner program coordinator um uh there have been a couple things where it's like oh we, I wish we had these tools and look they looked better or you know just how we manage our partners. I don't know. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, what they're, sort of tools do we use? Are there things that are frustrating? Are there things that you're actively working on? I wish someone would make us a pitch deck that didn't look like shit. <laughs> like all these things. Oh, we got it. We got it dialed. <laughs> looks, looks nice. Thanks, I Michael. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can always want for more. Like, Go do back I wish? To my boss I mean, is a major, dick. major shouts <laughs> exactly. out to uh, Alex Mars, former, you know. Director of the partner program here Never at Cat Cloud. Now he's, uh, he's running Papa's Donuts out he's, in, uh, he's out in New Orleans. He's on the new donut frontier. New donuts, you <laughs> know. He got that third that wave donuts. Third wave donuts. I think he just, he just dropped a seasonal passion fruit caramel custard filled donut that uh, you know made me want to hop on a plane down there. But who knows? Um, anyways, <laughs> he built our system. You know, he built our ordering form and the wholesale Shopify, and we have grown from that time when he built this initial thing. And is it? 100% dialed in for the needs of all of our partners now? No. Like you have to, you can't order ground coffee and whole bean coffee on the same order form as it stands right now. Is that a challenge? Sure. Do we have systems to work around it until we have the, uh, you know, the ability to update it and get that, get that dialed in? Yeah. So part of it is, again, like every, every challenge is just an opportunity to like delight people essentially, you know, it's just the ability to be like, Hey, so this is how the system is set up, but we can make it work for you in this way, especially when it's something as simple as ordering coffee, where it's like, there's, there's not really like a hard line, non-negotiable of like, no, you can't do that. Um, Got to give my guy Dennis a shout out. Uh, so we work with, a, uh, one of our local partners is Shoppers Corner. It's one of my favorite grocery stores in town. They're one of the oldest grocery stores in town. You know, small store, really narrow aisles. Um, and for the most part with our orders, they come in via email or through our ordering form. And uh, when we brought on Shoppers Corner as a partner, I went there to meet with their dry goods guy that does the ordering. And Dennis is probably in his late 60s. You know, he uh, took me into the back storage area of shoppers and I went in there with the intention of being like, hey, this is our email. Like if you could send the order here <laughs> and I walked in and just after five minutes of talking to Dennis, I could tell Dennis wasn't going to send me an email, but Dennis was happy to call me between 1030 and 1130 p.m. on Sunday nights with the order. And it's fine. It works. You know, my phone's on do not disturb at that time anyways. It, and honestly, listening to his weekly order in my voicemail has become a point of joy. So it's, you know, there's, there's a push in the pull. It's like part of it's just working with the people that we work with and not being 
unflexible. Yeah, I think that's a great example of guest service. I mean, it, it's the same thing in the cafe, whereas someone comes in and we're trying to figure out how to delight them. And as a rule, we don't say no. There's always something else we can say that's not no. Do you have a caramel macchiato? No. No just ends the conversation in, you know, in that context where it's like, I could get you a vanilla latte. It's going to be sweet and that's going to be delicious. You're going to love it. That's getting them something that's going to fit the bill without shutting them down. And with someone like Dennis, who you've mentioned a bunch of times, so I can vouch for you, you do genuinely love listening to Dennis's voicemails because <laughs> he's just this character, you know? He's like his own guy, sounds like a genuinely good dude. He's, he's got his ways. Like, imagine, you know, it's just not good service to be forcing this guy down this rabbit hole of, you're going to send me an email, you're going to use this website. Now, if there were 38 people like that, it would maybe become a little bit of a challenge and we'd have to figure that out too, but... He's not doing it to be a jerk. He's just, this is how I roll, dude. It was a memorable experience for me, like that inspired a connection. Like, just honestly, it's like he took me to the, he took me upstairs to this grocery store's dry goods storage area. So I got this like sneak peek. It's kind of like to me, it was like when we bring people into our roast room and get to see them. But I saw the, uh, you know, the rolly wheel conveyor belt along the side of the building where they roll the boxes to the aisle that the dry goods go into. And he like walked in, took the clipboard, crossed out the phone number of the person that was previously <laughs> he was calling before and wrote my number down with my name and a little smiley face. And I was just like, so cool. Dennis, you can call me whatever you want. That's like, so awesome. Just, yeah. Dude, I, that's great. So yeah, and I, I think it's a similar thing with like any, any, just really that's something that I've learned in doing this job is like a challenge can be a great way of, you know, turning something around and making it an opportunity to let our partners know that we're willing to take care of them and we're willing to, we're willing to show up, you know, and it's like, are there things we can't do? Sure. Are we going to have a conversation about it and figure out something that does work? Always. This guy's got hammers, dude. He's just dropping hammers. Hey everyone, that's the podcast for the week. Thanks so much for listening. If you heard something that inspired you, let us know or tell a friend. These are the types of connections that are the most important to us and that we seek to create every day. If there's something you heard and you want to know more about, send us an email to podcast at catandcloud.com or head to our website, catandcloud.com slash podcast and let us know. While you're on our site, check out everything we have to offer. Dive deep into one of our single origin coffees or pick up a little treat for yourself. We have something for everyone, so check it out. Also, find us in the usual places. YouTube, Instagram, we're always there sharing amazing things. All right, that's it. Thanks everyone for being awesome. We'll be back next week.